Hey, sports fans, welcome to Greg Medford's show from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm your host, Greg. How are you all doing today? It's, uh, it is wild times in America. I don't even, you know, when I'm angry, I feel like I'm ready to rip shows more than when I'm, uh, at peace. And I'm so, uh, there's so much tumult around this election cycle. There's so much tumult around voting integrity. All of these things that have been bandied about and our big speaking points for both sides of the political spectrum. We're going to talk to t- today. Uh, our guest is a candidate uh, running here in Arizona for the first time, right? Correct. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that process. Uh, for any of you who are thinking of running for office, I recommend anybody who's got a clean enough background and a vision for what they want in America to get in the, you know, get their toe, put their toe in the water, jump in, put some skin in the game. Um, we need people in school boards we need people uh really in school boards it's probably the long game i think school boards is probably the um very attainable for the average person i think it's uh, a place to go and affect change that lasts across decades and it's a place to go see a battle for the hearts and minds of young people who are a voter in a very short time you know when by the time you're educating somebody and they're six years old it's a dozen years till they vote and uh, I think there's a big battle that, as conservatives, we've uh, stayed out of that fray. We're off doing commerce and trade, and uh, we forget that uh, we have to be uh, nurturing nurturing young people and uh, getting their heads straight, because the weight of our ideas win. That's what's the most important. Um, the left is really good at propaganda because their ideas are so poor. They come from a place of uh, a heartstring, you know, sentiment but their ideas in 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 application are just so bad and there's no defense of them over the last hundred years there has never been anything that has been so wrong so proven wrong so tried so believed in so propagandized where there are so many metrics proving how awful it is in all human history Yet we are here still battling it. It's unbelievable. Leftism is like stabbing yourself in the face with a screwdriver repeatedly, thinking it's going to turn out differently. So we've got one of our fellow citizens who's taken a shot at the good fight. Um, this is Ro- Roxana Hotzapfel. And uh, she's from Tempe, is that right? Correct. And uh, she's our guest today. Welcome to the show, Roxanne. How Thank are you? you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you being here. So, um, Wendy Rogers is a big fan, and uh, she said, you got to have Roxanne on the show. Get <laughs> Roxanne on the show. Got to have Roxanne on the show. And I said, okay, we'll have Roxanne on the show. So here you are. Tell me a little bit about you. Where are you from? I'm from Tampa, Florida, originally. How long have you been here in Arizona? Uh, 35 years. Okay. All right. What brought you to Arizona? I came out of here on a vacation. I was many uh, things in Florida, um, and I was a police officer. I was a field training officer, and I came out here on a vacation and fell in love with Arizona. Absolutely fell in love. And with the dryness? I, you like the dryness? I, I like the mountains. I, you know, I'm from Florida. Everything's flat. Everything's flat. And, and wet. Oak trees and, you know, bugs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I came out here and I, I was like, wow. There was a show way back when called um, Alice. And, um, you know, it was, it was based in Phoenix, Flo's Diner. And I really thought Phoenix was like tumbleweed 
and just horses and you know and it was back then yeah maybe <laughs> well i come here and i see scottsdale and i see palm trees and grass and just gorgeousness and, yeah. and and mountains and then you could drive an hour and a half and be playing the snow which i never played in snow um i fell in love with it it was yeah. just just different just different i love this place it was a cow town 50 years ago and all the mm -hmm. uh tesla driving liberals have showed mm -hmm. up and we're, we're having to deal with them you know it, it's i find it so ironic these people go off and they suckle on the teat of capitalism and cut a fat hog in the ass and make a bunch of money and then they punch out or wherever they're at and move here to scottsdale and they come here and they become leftists I'm like, you guys are capitalists. You're driving, you know, you, you got a you got a Lamborghini parked in the garage, for God's sake. How could you possibly be a leftist? You got a, got a half million dollar car. You're exactly. a capitalist pig. I love you. <laughs> um, so um, what have you been doing for the 35 years you've been out here? You didn't become a cop out here, did you? No, I came out here and actually Phoenix was looking at hire, uh, hiring me. And uh, I'd come from a really tough part of uh, Florida, Tampa, where I, where I patrolled and decided to instead raise a family. And so I declined to go to work for Phoenix, but I worked in loss prevention. I, like I said, I've worn many hats, which is the beauty of this great country is that you can try and do many, many, many things. It's a right to try a country. Yeah. Uh, it, you don't necessarily succeed. Right. You, to, it's it, the right to fail. It's a, yeah. And some succeed and some and some fail. I don't I don't knock anybody who tries hard and sells their product out of their car and makes something of themselves. That's the American way. So um, I was a legal secretary. I worked at a radio station in Florida. I caught wildlife. Res you know, I rescued gators and snakes and possums and everything like that. And um, got in the police department, became a training officer. Came out here, though, fell in love. Um, out here, I did loss prevention. I've been a realtor. I've been a travel agent. That's how I met, met my husband, my current husband. Um, and uh, we drove. I drove a school bus for my my kids. They were mortified that their mother was the school bus driver. But I drove a school bus. Many things. We had a. Uh, my husband and I had a uh, scuba shop, and so we are uh, scuba diver trainers, and have gone on beautiful dive trips. You know, dove with sharks. What's your husband do? My husband works for APS. Okay. All right. So tell me what office you're running for. I am running for the Senate seat. There was on a Senate seat in District Eight. District 8 is basically North Tempe, South Scottsdale, and West to some parts of 32nd Street, Van Buren, Washington. Mostly the border is 40th Street West. And then pretty much 101 East is the border East, except there is some Mesa, like Mesa Riverview, Rio Salado, Alma School in that area. It's quite a large district. All right. And it's pretty lefty. Yes. Because you've got that whole Biltmore corridor down there, right? Yeah, we have the uh, Old Town Scottsdale. We go up to our northern border is pretty much Indian School. Okay, okay. Little bits of Chaparral, like east of Scottsdale Road to the 101, north to Chaparral. Well, so why is it leftist? Tell me how it's leftist. Well, it's it Tempe's it's Tempe. Oh, it's Tempe. It's Tempe yeah. mainly. That it's been it's been pretty blue for quite a while. Yeah, a bunch you of know, damn we have the. Bunch AS of damn hippies out there. We have the ASU folks. Yeah. You know, we have, uh, yeah. So it's it, it's pretty purple. Now, with the redistricting, though, we have gotten in a lot of independence. A lot of independence. Uh, because there was a time when pretty much McKellops North was a whole different district. So are you going up against an incumbent? Or is yes. it? Yes. All right. Yes, yes. This is the incumbent's fourth term that uh, he's running. He's okay. Running for. And what is it, um, 
that you're bringing to the table, defining yourself by. Um, are there other Republicans? Or did you, so you made it through the primary. I did not have a primary opponent. Okay, so you ran on a post. Correct. Okay, so running on a post for for an Arizona Senate seat against a four-term incumbent. Correct. So what I what I bring to the table is that first of all, I'll show up for work. My incumbent didn't set foot on the Senate floor one time this past session. Uh, his uh, spouse sits on the House seat of the same district, and she didn't either. They um, had a, a baby in January, and because of COVID, they didn't want to come to work and work for the people. Um, he did come in. He missed 77 out of 84 days. In the days, the, the few days that he did come in, he did vote from his office via Zoom with his mask. And so my whole thing is so that... So what you're saying is he's a total candy-ass lefty. He's he's not showing up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he didn't show up. He's not showing up. There's some comments made back in, in a, a conversation he had with Arizona Central with his wife that, that depending on COVID, they may still not show up if reelected. I believe our elected officials need to show up and work for us and be our voice for us, wh whatever party you are. Yeah. That's what you're elected to do. Um, you know, I, this the COVID thing has been such a... I always pretty much knew as I walked around, you know, like I'm a former Marine and I kind of look at everyone dis with disdain. I see a nation full of sheep that'll just do whatever they're told and it pisses me off. When I, I expect elect elected officials to have some damn courage. When our president shows up wearing a mask, I think it, it leads with a kind of weakness that's hard to express. I think the Arabs think we're silly. I think a lot of us think we're silly. I think we've become a kind of silly people. And when our elected representatives are too chicken shit to come to work and they've got a mask on, I think they're silly too. You know, what are they so afraid of? It's not the science. It's not the math. Because the science and the math doesn't come get young people of childbearing age unless they got big other problems. And you know what? The big other problems will get you too. We're n none of us are getting out of this alive. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's true. No one here gets out alive. <laughs> nope. So you got to rip it, and you got to you got a lot of fire while you're here. Exactly. So you're basically running on the fact that the guy's been comfortable being an absentee uh, absentee uh, tenant. Yeah, well, that. But I'm also big law enforcement. I'm big law enforcement. I I'm not a proponent of defunding the police where my opponent is. I um we need to defend our police. We need to give them money in their departments. We need to incentivize to hire more. And, uh, you know, they're being demoralized and brutalized and ambushed every day. For those of you who don't know, Tempe is like one of the... Arizona's a really weird place. Um, it's an awesome place, just like so many other parts of the country, where uh, colleges come to town funded by state money, and they become these little hubs of insulated-from-the-economy Marxists. So we have it in Tucson with the University of Arizona, a bunch of damn commies down there, and they've been abusing the Hispanic vote down there for, you know, seven decades. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a bunch of goddamn commies up in Flagstaff around uh, northern NAU, a bunch of damn hippies up there too, in an otherwise cool little cowboy northern woodsy town. Um, there's a bunch of, bunch of hippies up there with their head up their ass. And then, <laughs> and then we've got it down here with Tempe, you know, this gigantic university that has a gigantic budget that never has to be responsible fiscally. Um, they never have to show return on investment and it's a bunch of damn hippies over there. It's crazy. I don't understand. We bring these, 
institutions into our states. We form them, we fund them, and then they undermine us at every level. And one of them is the defund the police movement, mm-hmm. which we saw take the whole country like like herpes, and it won't, just won't won't go away. This stupid movement. <laughs> so um, they're still like talking defund the police out in Tempe. Sure, I mean you know behind the scenes at the things they do, they want to put social workers out there. I'm telling you, social workers, you know, you can have a call go, you know, completely south and until zero to three seconds, and and a social worker is not going to be able to to, to know this and, and know how to handle this. It's not fair to them. It, right. It's it's just not. It's not fair to the person that that called you out there, and it's not fair to the social worker. So um, Tempe right now is 75% higher than the national average in crime. It's ridiculous. So to me, it's 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 just math. More cops equal less crime. Less dr- drugs on the street, less would be. You're going to deter. You're going to move people along from the the loitering. From the you just need that presence. Do you know who the uh, city attorney there is? I do not. Okay, I'm wondering if they're kind of a somebody from that Soros bent of not non prosecutorial. Uh, th- yeah. th- that that's going on all over the country, and it shocks me constantly. Um, who in their right goddamn mind thinks not enforcing laws? It's going to help anybody. Well, you know, the ones that don't want the cops are the ones that have security all around them. They have big, nice walls and fences around their homes. And that's great. That's their that's their God-given right to have it. But don't take it away from us. What's your strategy? How are you going after this? Your first time running? How long have you been running now? Uh, let me look at my watch. Uh, it, I've been running since January when I declared. Okay. I, I decided to run in January. You know, Plato said one of the penalties for not running for office is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. And that's exactly what's going on. I don't like what's going on in my city and or, or my country and my state. I don't like it. Um, so I, I did get endorsed by the Arizona Fraternal Order of Police. I've been endorsed by the Tempe Chamber of Commerce because I've been a business owner. And uh, I know how hard it is to, to be a business owner. You know, businesses, small businesses are the lifeblood of our communities. And we need to support them and get the, the red tape and bureaucracy mandates out of the businesses. Let them hire People let them, you know, do what they're supposed to do. Uh, they've taken on a, a a goal of of their lifelong dream. They put their money, their heart, their soul into a business. Um, so, you know, I'm an advocate for small businesses. I'm an advocate for the police department. And again, my door will always be open. I I don't care if you're a, a, at this point a D or an R. I am there for the city. I wanna I wanna work for the people of Scottsdale, Tempe. Mesa, Phoenix, and be the voice for them. I don't got Tempe anymore because last time I was there, a bunch of damn hippies down there kind of hit me up a little aggressively for money, and I I thought I was going to have to knock a couple of them in the forehead. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. I have my my son a few weeks ago at his job, his his catalytic converter was cut out of his his truck. That's ridiculous. I had that happen in my fenced yard That's here. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it it saddens me to see what's going on. The the crime, the homelessness, the the lack of respect for for people, the 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 fact that if you want to say your mind and if it's not the same thought or idea as a certain party then you need to be canceled or you're racist. You know, I was a cop, I'm Cuban, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm a woman. I mean, I don't need a biology test to tell me that. And so, I mean, my point that I'm getting at is that 
stop with these name stop with their everything is you're you're just horrible race if you're not equity enough you're not diverse enough or what no i'm an american i want to work i want to i want to do my thing you go do your thing you know don't don't infringe on me i don't infringe on you and and but but we have to work hard we we have to get back on the right track our you know you said it earlier when it comes to like schools the indoctrination things that go on in schools it's it, you know for people to act like it doesn't happen that's just burying your hand in, head yeah. in the sand it used to be in college now it's in your your kindergarten yeah it's in second grade it's ridiculous i'm a really plugged in like i had some politicos in here a couple of days ago interviewing me regarding a position on someone's campaign and just as an advisor and the, the person running for the office said, hey, I want you to go meet this guy and talk to him from her, her campaign staff she's putting together. They came over and met with me. And, uh, you know, the one guy, longtime Politico, he was like, he's like, oh, my God, where did you come from? How do you know about all this stuff? <laughs> um, I'm, like, kind of into this. It's my hobby. been my entire life. I love politics, and, and I love the philosophical uh, look at every civic issue that we that we tackle in politics. Mm-hmm. And I'm super plugged in and talk with my kids about it constantly. And it's an uphill battle because, right. you know, we want to give these teachers these uh, the respect of the authority position they're in teaching. And we want our kids to be courteous and have the respect with that type of position in life, right? You know, you, you teach your kids to be respectful. They're teachers. Yeah. That they're, they're and they're elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what happens is I've got six or seven people all day long saying stuff to my daughter and my son, and then they come home and they ask me about it because it, maybe it doesn't jive with what they've been hearing from me for years. Mm-hmm. And then I have to have this discussion with them. And the funny thing is it's pretty heady because I'm not just going to say, oh, no, your teacher's wrong. Here's the right answer. I'm like, well, okay, here's the philosophical, philosophical pr- perspective on this issue. Here's what your teacher is thinking. Here are the options of how to think about it. Here's how I'm thinking about it. What makes sense to you? They're complicated discussions, and I feel like it's an uphill battle not having my kids get torn away from me. And when they go off to college, you don't get them every night to debrief with them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm constantly able to debrief and kind of stop the programming and say, okay, they said that, but that's not actually a fact. That's a perspective, and here's the perspective and range of ideas around abortion, around to the death penalty around taxation you know all these conversations mm-hmm. my kids are having mm-hmm. and um i don't know how i mean uh, look there are very few people into this game as much as i am or you are diving into it with your whole life most people are busy living their lives that's why we have this representative government right right how do they have time to have these arguments and unprogram the kids the kids are getting programmed so what I wish would happen is if you, you want to teach some of these things, teach the other side too, like you were just saying. Right, right. You know, have the com- if you want to talk about the, the history and the dark part of our history, that's true. It's there. It, it's every uh, country, every civilization has had their dark moments. But also talk about the positives. Talk about the good parts of America, the things that we have done and, and the milestones that we've achieved. But it seems like it's just how horrible America is, is what's droned into their heads. And they come out hating our flag, hating our country, hating, uh, you know, elders, hating the police. Hey, you know, teach both. What's wrong with giving kids 
the information and teach both and have the parents help out. Let's do the due diligence that, you know, and, and that way then people can make up their minds individually. I say defund the colleges when they have this pablum coming out. Cause what's going on, the colleges are programming these, these teachers. Mm -hmm. So I end up talking to the teachers and I go, that's not actually history. What you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like I've had this conversation. Like, Hey, uh, this is Mr. Medford here. I'd like to, can I have a parent teacher meeting? Yeah. What, what is this stuff you're going over? Because I've been going over this. I mean, that, that, that's not actually true. Oh, yes, it is. Where are you getting this information from? That's that, that's not true at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, basically, there is this there is this pervasive thinking amongst young teachers that America wouldn't exist if it wasn't for slavery. All capital that exists in this country was made during slavery, and all of our wealth is due to slavery. And if it wasn't for slavery, we'd be poor and backwards in a third world country. That's kind of what they think. That's bananas. How do you as a state senator, how do you dive in and make changes like that to stop the programming and indoctrination that's going on in our schools? Well, not being in the legislature um, in the past, I am, I believe, this is what I believe, and this is just me. I believe the social What's going on socially, I think, belongs to the parents to teach their children. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a incumbent upon the, the, the teachers to teach that. Teach writing, arithmetic, teach uh, trades again. Get, get some trades back in school. When I was growing up, we had automotive, we had welding, we had, you know, they, there were trades. Um, so the, the, the social engineering that's going on in schools has no business going on in schools. I don't know what bills or or things might come across, you know, the legislature to, to look at some of these to combat some of this. And I don't profess to know what will come across my desk. But I want to promote free thinking individuals that don't come out thinking they are owed something. They have the right to try pretty much, like I said earlier, anything they'd like to try, of course, within reason, you know, legally. But to come out being productive uh, people in society that come out, love their community, love their fellow man, uh, want to make something of themselves, not sitting there thinking an equity thing, you've got more than me, and so therefore you don't need all of it, I want some. Mm -mm, I wasn't raised that way. And, and I think we need to get back to hard work and stop with, uh, the other side seems so angry. They're always upset. And just like angry. Like, they think we're stupid. Yeah, they, they, they're just angry. You know, we're out working. We work, we pay taxes, right. we, we, we go do our thing, we have hobbies, we love, you know, we love our families, we love our beautiful outdoors. The other side sometimes just seems like they're just mad at everything. They're just mad at the world and they're missing it. They're just missing it. So much of what's going on right now shouldn't matter what your political affiliation should be. Everybody should want our borders secure. Everybody right. should want drugs off the street. Everybody should want a police presence to protect, protect us because they're the, they're the ones we call. We don't call for a pizza. We call for the police when we have an issue. Talk to me a little bit about, um, have you thought about how you can propose legislation from the Senate to tackle some of these issues? Have you put any thought? I mean, you've been running since January. Here we are coming up towards the end. Of, we're in fourth quarter. 
You've had nine months to think about it. You got any um, ideas for legislation that you want to try and push through? Well, let me back up for a second. I did have an opponent at the beginning for my primary, but uh, some things came up and, and the person was removed. So since April, I have been out there knocking doors and fundraising. That, that was my <laughs> Wendy Rogers. Of all the people that I reached out to when I was first starting out and getting, I wanted to run. I emailed a lot of people in the GOP, the RNC, whatever, and Wendy Rogers, Senator Wendy Rogers, she was the only one who actually emailed me back. And we, we spoke for about an hour and 50 minutes. My dad was Air Force and we spoke. And, um, and I just knocked doors, knocked doors and fundraised. And so that's what I've been focused on. I haven't done many events, podcasts. This is my second one. And, um, and so therefore, now I am where I am. I can't say that I know exactly what goes into the 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 bill making i i'm not privy to that i want to be i want to learn everything i can learn i want my doors open i want to speak to um i I can tell you i want to make sure there's more money in our law enforcement i want to speak to the different uh organization police organizations what do you need what type of equipment is your equipment too old does it need to be updated what kind you know just things that would make the law enforcement life job easier i know recently they just passed the you know you can't be within eight feet of a police officer filming them with your phone you wouldn't think you need something like that but obviously we did so there will always be something that you didn't quite think of but you need to do because it's not just about the verbiage in the bill it's also about the verbiage that's left out of a bill that then you can find loopholes i really want to go in and close loopholes I want to make sure police officers are not sued for doing their job this is a very litigious country and I want those protections for them to remain and those are in place now they are but they're they're under under attack they are under attack so you wanna I mean I understand law enforcement's a big part of your uh, reason for running I mean, I always, I feel like law enforcement agencies, there's always a battle for funding. And there is no civic organization that says we couldn't do more good with more funding. But at some point, the city says enough. I feel like they're mostly, I I feel like mostly the budget's not the issue. I feel like it's mostly the mayor and the police chief in collusion, um, being cowards and forcing cops to not do their job. I think they, by projecting that weakness they put the cops in danger on the job and i think a lot of young people go you know what i am not going to go work for a city where the mayor is against cops doing their job and every time anything happens the cops gotta defend themselves like they're going to go to jail i think uh you know like um, the, the the mayor and the police chief are the ones who need a a a, a change <laughs> you know more than the more than the money it's the idea um, that's what's so frustrating to me. There's so much money thrown at law enforcement around this country. You know, do they need machine guns and a tank and all this? No, they they really need a uh, boss who's got their back. I mean, imagine any job you've ever had where your boss doesn't have your back. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's just that, you know, when you when you weigh in a lawsuit and attorneys and time and depositions mm-hmm. and blah, 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 th- th- then often these cities, they just settle. 
And that gives that impression that you didn't fight for your officer or officers at that time. They're looking at the, the, you know, the, the dollar, the bottom line and saying it's not worth it to go through all this and fight that, even though maybe that officer did nothing wrong, but they're looking at their, their, their dollar, their bottom line. And they're going, no, we'll just settle the time the this, the that, like I said. And, um, but it gives that officer and officers then on the street that, that, that thought of, you know, why didn't you fight for me? Yeah, there's that. And there's also this, um, I, you know, I feel like the homelessness problem that is plaguing Tempe, it's plaguing downtown Phoenix, mm-hmm. it's plaguing the I-17 corridor. I'm sure it's like that along I-10 with all the, all the junkies. Um, we're, I'm seeing it everywhere I go in the country. It's, I, I'm quite certain the people, the powers that be in these um, mayor's offices and in these governor's offices, I think they know how to take care of these problems. And I think there's something about, there's there's some power being gained by not enforcing vacancy there's, there, there, there's a power play going on, and I'm not sure what it is, but there's a prevailing school of thought that empath- empathizes with the drug-using thug instead of the thousands of potential victims who won't walk down the street now called the citizens. You know, I look around here and I go, you know, there's a high school right here, mm-hmm. and if you go a quarter mile up the road to the overpass, there's like a soup kitchen of homeless guys underneath the overpass in the shade. Mm-hmm. And and people's kids have to walk home through that. And no one's doing anything about it. And it is a shit show. You can drive by and see people just shooting up at lunchtime. <laughs> we're, 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 we just laughed. We're like, you gotta be kidding. There's gotta be a reality show we can do with these guys. But our kids aren't walking. You know, my kids don't go to school right here. But if they did, they gotta walk right through this mess. And nobody's doing anything about it. Well, what I can say, too, is that um, I don't know if you've seen Carrie Lake's, uh, you know, proposal on the on the homelessness. And Carrie Lake is somebody that did endorse me. I support what what we need to do with the homelessness. There's a lot I can't again. I can't just like cut and dry. But you do have an element of the criminal activity going on in the homeless population. There are true homeless people. All right. Let's get them some help. If that's truly, you know, let's get them on their feet, get yeah. them, get them a job. Um, there are people who are addicted. There are people who are mentally ill. Again, treatment, get them, get them someplace. And then you have a criminal element. They need to be off the streets. And the criminal element, it's funny, you know, we all want to be charitable in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially conservatives which have, have more propensity to be kind of a more faith-based kind of Christian folk. They want to have the this big heart, like, you know, people... There's, it's a professional class of homeless people now mm-hmm. who who are choosing this lifestyle. Exactly. Um, I was talking to somebody who's involved in a program here in Phoenix, and they were telling me there's like a hierarchy among them who's been homeless longer, and it makes them closer to being the king or the queen. Wow. Yeah, and there is a woman here in town who's the queen of the homeless, and everybody knows her. She's like a homeless celebrity. So it's bizarre what's going on. There is an absolute subculture around it, just like there are um, uh, kids who do raves. This is like a weird subculture. <laughs> it's not. It's not as much. 
you know, it may be going on elsewhere, but it's not as much people who like lost their job and it's this nice family sitting out on a street corner wondering right. what happened. It's mm -hmm. not that. Mm -hmm. You don't see that. What we see are professional, scary, spooky, skanky looking folks who uh, are really aggressive now. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. They're aggressive. And, and, and there's, there's that element too that, again, is maybe legitimate. But they're mixed in now with, like you said, the professional crowd, and you don't you don't want to help any of these folks. You know, your yeah. your heart wants to, but you. But I mean, it's been a few years now. I was in a parking lot, and then and this woman was like, you know, I I'm out of gas, and I need to go pick up my kids from school. And can, do you have a couple of bucks? Well, I felt for. Her. I gave her some. I think I gave her five bucks, and probably maybe two days later, I'm back in the same parking lot. She's doing the same thing. And I thought, you know what, fool me. Once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. So that that tainted me. I don't want to help, you know? And that's 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 sad because there are people out there that truly do need some help. But like you said, there is a professional element going on. They don't want the help. They're making their money. That's And that's, that's what we have to weed out, you know? And that's going to take, that's going to take some, some policy. Yeah. And, and you know, I feel like a lot of the laws are already there. It's they just, are there. It's they can't just, be, in, they're not being enforced. Yeah. First of all, again, you don't have a lot of police presence. It takes mayors and police chiefs to have yeah. courage and, and they're not doing it right now. And they're doing diversity hires in leadership instead of, uh, instead of qualified candidates. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I know a lot of the cops on the local beat cause you know, I've got a security system and every now and then the alarm goes off and the cops will be dispatched or, stuff happens and i'm a business owner like hey do you know what like we had a we had a drunk lady drive through our fence up front police inter you know i interact with the police uh, as a business owner the same as many other places and uh i got to know some of the guys on the different beats here and one of them is an old friend actually and he's part of the homeless kind of uh, organized crime and homeless task force that's this whole area and he told me there is a guy, and he described the guy to me. I go, oh, I know that guy. He's an ex-military, um, some kind of, I believe he was a ranger at some level or not, at some level, and he's now the organizer of the homeless folks, and he gets them doing petty crime, and, and it's like a legitimate thing, and they basically rent hotel rooms. They pool their money from the day. They rent these hotel rooms. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. So they can do their drugs and whatever nefarious things they're up to. And then the hotels kind of kick them out by the next day. And then they go have the little crime. It's a little crime syndicate oh, of homeless my goodness. people. I, yeah. See, I, and so many people, we don't know this. You know, right. we're going to work every day right. and we pay our bills. And then, like I said, love our families or whatever it is we're doing. We don't see this, the CD part of town i did when i was you know in the police department but um that's crazy yeah. see that no not that needs to stop that's crazy so um give me give me your your plank bullet points uh, well, for somebody who's listening and they want to know about voting for you i well, mean besides you're an r and the other guy's a d yeah well there you go um i i believe i Another thing I believe in, I think we should do is is we need to hire our veterans. Let's hire veterans to to be school resource officers. I think I, that's something that I is being thrown around. I think it's a armed school resource officers. Yeah, we better screen the shit out of them. I yeah. know a lot of vets. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we got to screen them, but um, and we need to take care of them. A lot of what's on the street right now are are vets. 
Uh, we need to close that border. Again, a lot of these things are just like common sense. Close the border. We have, what, 5 million people that have come in here? 5 million? A bunch. Yeah, yeah. lots. Uh, and to continue, the drugs pouring in, the crime. Uh, we need to support our small businesses. I will show up for work day one. I will be there. I will be the voice. I am going to, to speak to anybody who wants to come to my office. I will go out there. I'll be present for people. I want them to know that there's representation in Tempe Scottsdale. And uh, that, again, just commonality. There's, there's still commonality that we have as citizens that we should all want and be, be pushing forward. Okay. Well, um, when, when, in, uh, so when, when's your election? What's the date of your election? November 8th. November 8th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, um, if people want to help you out, donate to your uh, campaign, where can they do that? I would love that. It's Roxana for Arizona. So it's R O X A N A F O R Arizona.com. Okay. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> R O X A N A F O R A R I Z O N A dot com. Go on there and make a small donation. Oh, or that's very, donation. that's very, or hey, large is good too. Large is uh, good. Yeah, no, I don't turn that away. I, I want people to know, first of all, thank you again for having me on. I want people to know I am not afraid to speak for them, to show up for them to support my city, to support my businesses, my police officers, um, just uh, the civilians, the citizens that live in our streets, that pay our taxes, that want good schools, they want safe safe roads. It's just, it's common sense to want that. And all of us should want that. Again, whether you're a D or R, a G, a I, or whatever, we should all want that. And that's, that's what I'm offering is a, a common sense voice, a voice where I will show up and come to work, be there for them, and represent the, the best way I know how. I profess to know nothing about going into politics in this respect. I've never run for a political position. Right. So I am a sponge, and I, I am open to, to speaking to everybody and anybody to get the job done that we need to get done for Scottsdale, Tempe, and, and our businesses. Yeah, you know, there's a pervasive, um, I think there's a a flaw in the American political system right now where parties want to own an issue and the people around it and they don't want to solve the problem. Because if you solve the problem, the voter goes away and they find something else. Well, and eat. the media exacerbates it. Okay? Of course. So yeah. that's, without the media doing kind of what they're doing, um, you, we wouldn't have this divisiveness going on right now. We I, I saw a poll that said 69% of Americans feel like the press is the greatest threat to democracy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's telling. You can't get 69% of people to agree on anything other than it's a funny number. To have um, the press be that. That's a damning number for them. That's a damning number. You know, the, the thing is, too, is you have a lot of older folks, senior citizens, you know, family members that don't get cable news. Let's say they just get the, the network news. So they get skewed 
They, they don't get yeah. the proper the proper news. So they you can't have a conversation with them. They're like, well, it's on the news. Well, no, but you're listening to the wrong news, or at least listen to different types of news, it's and the, then make a decision. It's the and I see this as well. And I you're pointing out something I've been pointing out for years. Everybody who used to watch Walter Cronkite. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, that's the news. That's what happened. Because watch Walter Cronkite, and that's the news, <laughs> folks. People used to be used to hearing that. The, now, the truth is, it was pretty skewed then, too. Yeah. But right now, what's going on is a million times worse. So, we're going to have a generation die off in the next 20 years. Yeah. And what's coming behind them are a bunch of really skeptical people, and the press is losing its power. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, we need the like the young Republicans. There was a, a rally the other night, and the young Republicans. It's it's really heartening to see a group of young folks coming up and going, "No, you know, this is this is what I believe in." Democrats have their ideology. Republicans have their ideology, and uh, it's good to see because you know we're a dying breed, <laughs> and I'm you know your Republican party your person often are they're the older they're an older people and we need young republican voices out there not afraid to say what they need to say not fear be feared of of being canceled or labeled because that's all that's all that's all just mudslinging that's nothing yeah if you I, i you know in my opinion to be a lefty as a kid now it is just being a mainstream sheep if you want to be a guitar smashing gangster youngster rock and roll be conservative because it's the it is the path less traveled it is the road less traveled to be uh, a young person who advocates for personal accountability mm-hmm. personal responsibility um serving your country that those are all gangster rebellious non-mainstream ideas for young people it so, is but but you also have to remember it starts in the house too your parents have to yeah. raise them with those those morals and those 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 drives to want to be successful and and be happy and be a productive person in society you know it's it comes from how you're raised too yeah for sure well, uh, Roxana, we wish you the very best. Thanks for coming in. Oh, and, thank you. And uh, we appreciate you being here, okay? Thank you so much for having me. I All really right. appreciate it. Been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. All right, sports fans, that's the show for today. Uh, we will see you soon. We've got all kinds of stuff going on here in Arizona. Arizona is going to lead the nation. Now, um, we we definitely, uh, the, the 2020 election will go down as a racketeering scam of the highest order. People say there's no proof. There's so much proof. We're here locally. We've seen it. All you have to do is open your eyes. I ask many people, um, what do they think about Charles Manson? And uh, there's huge agreement on him being a lunatic, mass murderer, crazy person. And I ask people, what proof do you have? And they kind of look at me. The whole show me the proof is a bit of a red herring. There's so much proof in so many places. It's impossible to deny this without some form of mental cognitive dissonance going on. So Arizona, I've been embarrassed by what's happened here in Arizona. We've got two Democrat senators. We've got Democrat mayors of all our major cities. Um, and we're a Second Amendment gun-toting free America state. It's very strange. And it's because we're a cheap buy. It's easy for national money, 
It's easy for California and New York money to come into Arizona where it might take 20 or $40 million to get a Senate seat. It might take $100 million to get one in New York. Here they can come down with, with uh, much less money and, and they can influence a Senate election. They can influence a governor election. And we're getting ready, I think, to have a sweep. There's going to be a big change. We've got a firebrand who uh, wants to basically light the lies on fire and kick over the establishment who's going to, I think, be elected governor. We've got a secretary of state who is of the same mind. We have an attorney general candidate that is of the same mind. You're getting ready to see, I think, a big sweep in Arizona. And I think it has everybody on the left really nervous around the country. That's what's coming. And I'm excited to see it. And I'm excited to see all these uh, America first practical enough with these highfalutin ideas that are undermining our country type folks uh, running uh, for office here. It's pretty amazing. And I think it's a, a bellwether of what's to come. I think as we see what happens uh, in elections around the country in the midterm, I think it's going to be a, a prelude. The, the interesting thing is two years into this presidency, nobody's changing course. They're ruining the country. And everyone says, Greg, when do you, do you think it's going to stop pretty soon? I go, no, they're not changing. They're not Usually, if you're stabbing yourself in the arm with a knife and it hurts and blood shooting everywhere, you pull out the knife and stop doing that. They're stabbing themselves in the, and then pushing the knife in further. They're not, they haven't pulled the knife out yet. When, when Biden and, and the cabal of people who I believe are being controlled by the Chinese, when they finally stop their stupid policies, that we, we will see some light at the end of the tunnel. But they're not stopping it. What's going to stop it are what we are now calling extremist, lunatic, fringe, conservative Americans. People who just love America and they want practical solutions to, to everyday problems. They call them kitchen, t- kitchen table problems, right? Practical solutions to everyday problems. And, and those are going to be these wins that happen all around the country in the republic and we're going to force it back into Washington. It's the only way it happens. And I think you're going to see the wave start here in Arizona. And I think it's going to be a crazy sweep um, where we have three independent elected state, statewide power positions, Secretary of State, Governor, and Attorney General who all work well together and will form a triumvirate of conservatism. Watch what happens as this country turns. Hopefully Blake Masters gets elected and we we, we stop this leftist uh, um, uh, haze that's kind of fallen over this wonderful state. Because we're all, I don't know anybody who's for it. We're all shaking our head in disbelief at what's happened. Um, I think it's going to change the country and, and I think you're getting ready to see a voting revolution happen uh, that, that's going to take it, suck the oxygen out of the room for the left. That's my hopes anyways. That's the show. I'm out.